Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet best-selling authors Adam Gidwitz, Adam Grant, and Allison Sweet Grant, and John Cena. Discover the inspiration behind A Tale Dark and Grim. Listen to husband and wife writing team Adam and Allison discuss the gift inside the box. And hear how John Cena applies elbow grease in his own life. Plus, learn the one question that may change dinnertime conversations with your kids forever. Enjoy. This is Adam Gidwitz. I started writing the Grimm trilogy because I was telling stories to my students. I was a teacher in Brooklyn, and at the time I was teaching second grade, and I started telling stories to these kids. It started because they actually asked me to be a substitute librarian for a day. They said I was going to be reading to second graders, and I taught second graders anyway, so I said, no problem. And they said, read them any story you want, and I said, great. So I went home looking around on my shelf for a good story to read to these second graders, and I came across my book of the real Grimm's fairy tales. I had never read the real Grimm's fairy tales. I opened it up to a story called Faithful Johannes, and in that story, two children get their heads cut off by their parents. And I read that and I was like, uh, can I read this to second graders? Will I get fired? And then I thought, let's find out. So I brought the book in and I read it to them and half the kids were traumatized, half the kids loved it. And at the end of the story, this little girl comes up to me and she sticks her finger in my face and she said, you should make that into a book. And I thought, huh. And so I did. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be like the Olympics. Recording an audiobook is a physical activity as much as it is anything else. It takes a lot of core strength. I got to sit up straight. I got to control my breathing. I got to control all the, you know, moisture in my mouth because, boy, you don't want to hear moisture in my mouth. It sounds gross. And there's a ton of stamina. We're recording for four, five, six hours a day. So it feels like the Olympics, and I feel like Michael Phelps, except without all the gold hardware. Is there a word or phrase that I realized I didn't know how to pronounce? Yes. (laughs) It turns out the word L-E-A-P-E-D is pronounced leaped. I pronounce it lept every single time, and I use this word at least 15 times a book. So... Our wonderful director, Sean, wait, what's your last name? Uh, I can stick and Mike and I can't remember. Okay. So our wonderful director, Sean Heiken Meffelberger, has to every single time cut in and be like, it's leaped or leaped this time or and again leaped. And so, yeah, leapt, leaped. Impossible for me. The reason I really wanted to narrate these books is because the books came out of storytelling to children. So beyond that first time I read The Real Grim Fairy Tale to those kids, I was telling stories, including fairy tales, to my children all the time for years. And so I'm excited to bring that energy, that kind of interpretation of my words to the reading. I want you to feel like I am telling you this story. I am not narrating the words on a page. So I'm excited to share that with the world and hopefully with the world's kids. My dream narrator, obviously, would be Wilhelm Grimm. If he were alive, now, 
It would be in German, so it would be very hard for me to understand him because my German is terrible. But I would love to hear how he read his own stories. He and Jacob Grimm both collected them, but Wilhelm was more the poet. He would add lovely little details like in the briars around Sleeping Beauty's castle or Briar Rose's castle, there were the corpses of dead princes. That was not originally in the story. Wilhelm added it because Wilhelm was awesome. If I had to choose one great audiobook I listened to recently, Shameless Self-Promotion, was the Unicorn Rescue Society series narrated by January Lavoie. She's amazing, and those books are pretty good, too. I like to listen to audiobooks in the car. I also listened to The Inquisitor's Tale recently, another shameless plug by me, narrated in part by me on long drives to and from Massachusetts with my family. And that's both embarrassing for me to hear my own voice, but also pretty fun to see my family's reactions to that book. And now listen to a clip. Once upon a time, in a kingdom called Grimm, an old king lay on his deathbed. He was Hansel and Gretel's grandfather. But he didn't know that, for neither Hansel nor Gretel had been born yet. Now hold on a minute. I know what you're thinking. I am well aware that nobody wants to hear a story that happens before the main characters show up. Stories like that are boring because they all end exactly the same way, with the main characters showing up. But don't worry. This story is like no story you've ever heard. Hey, this is Adam Grant. And Allison Sweet Grant. The seeds for this story were actually planted back in 2013 when I published my first book, Give and Take. It was about how helping others can drive our success. And I got lots of questions from parents about how to raise generous kids. So I ended up writing an op-ed in the New York Times on how to raise a giver. And it went viral. And pretty soon people were asking for a children's book that they could actually read with their kids. And then for the next six years, I basically did nothing with that until Allison came in with an idea. Adam had asked if I'd be interested in working on a children's book together. And I said, yes, if we come up with the right idea. And we had been playing with a few ideas for a little while. And then we were in the car, actually with all of our children in the car on the way home from a little road trip. And I said, I have an idea about a box, about a gift. And it came very quickly, and we wrote the book in about 45 minutes in the car with our kids in the back seat. Which is how all books should be written, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea that when kids see a gift, they immediately assume it's for them. And, you know, it's sort of a, a me, me, me response. But that the joy of giving would actually be something that could come out of this story. And so it, it occurred to us that at the end of the book, we could actually have the box choose the kid who doesn't want the gift for herself, but actually wants to give it to someone else. We wanted to take an idea that kids would automatically be drawn to, like a present, and turn it around. So it's not about them, but about being generous in many different ways. And one of the things that we like best about this book is that there's some mystery to it, some mystery behind it, and um, hopefully it'll get kids thinking about how they can be generous to others. Yeah, I think at some level we want kids to realize it can sometimes be better to give than receive, and we want them to experience some of the excitement in that. And our hope is that they'll be surprised as they read, right? Maybe curiosity at the beginning, where did this box come from? Mm -hmm. I wonder what's inside of it. And then they keep seeing the box encounter kids who have a little bit of a a sense of entitlement 
and thinking that box must be for me. And then, you know, eventually realized, oh, the box actually wants to be gifted. One of the things we do with our kids in the holidays is we actually have them pick out gifts for other children. We have them pick out gifts for children who are in need, children who are in the hospital, and then deliver those gifts to them. Our hope is that then during the holiday season, our kids aren't just receiving gifts, they're actually giving them to children who are less fortunate. When our kids started school, one of the things we noticed was we'd sit down at the dinner table and ask them what they did during the day. And most of the conversation was about things they achieved, maybe some challenges, and then similar conversations about the activities they were involved in with you know, sports and music. And we realized a lot of the conversation was really focused on achievements and individual accomplishments and goals. And we wanted to make sure that they were thinking about helping others too. And so we actually added a question to our, our weekly dinner table routine. So one of the things we love to ask our kids is, who did you help this week? And that, we hope, gets them to think a little bit about what they can do for others, not just what they can accomplish for themselves. And then Allison added another question recently to that list as well. Right. In addition to asking our kids who they helped at school or in an activity, we'd like to ask them who helped them. And that way, I think it allows them to focus on choosing friends that are kind and helpful and generous, not just necessarily the most popular or most athletic but kids whose values reflect their own. And now, listen to a clip from the audiobook. A mysterious box parachutes down from the sky, lands in a small town, and wonders, Hmm, who's going to open me? A little boy, finger-painting at a picnic table, sees the box and thinks, Ooh, is that for me? Oh, I don't think I'd be in the right hands with you. Whoop, gotta go. Hey, everybody out there, I'm John Cena. I'm the author of Elbow Grease and Elbow Grease versus Motozilla. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, the word is fun. The books are fun, and the messages are important. But just messaging for the sake of messaging isn't fun. Books should be fun and imaginative and whimsical. So if i got to choose one word, it's fun. Okay, so a little bit about the history of elbow grease. I have been uh, using elbow grease for quite a long time. It's kind of a reflection of my life. I grew up with four brothers. So there are personality traits of each of my brothers in the Elbow Grease family. I was always told that I was really never going to be quite good at anything, but I really just would never give up. And I especially used all of my efforts and persistence towards a career in sports entertainment with the WWE. And even when I got to the WWE, everybody said like, ah, you're just not good enough to do anything good. But I really wouldn't give up, so much so that my appearance in WWE, the words never give up, are plastered all over my T-shirts, hats, wristbands, anything that is related to me. You can find the words never give up very, very close behind. So the audience started to enjoy that, especially the young audience. Young kids really would say, you know, John Cena never gives up, so I'm not going to give up either. When I dug a little bit deeper and found out the power of growth mindset, which is pretty much 
persistence, not giving up. Just when it gets tough, just hang in there and keep going. I found it's a really important principle of child psychology. And I wanted to create a universe where my name could be on the book, but it would create a different universe. So young readers would read it because they know I was associated with it, but they could get invested in the Elbow Grease universe. And I chose monster trucks because I loved cars and trucks as a kid. And then essentially had this fun, playful atmosphere that they could take away the principles of teamwork and growth mindset. So once again, there's really important messaging in the book, but it's supposed to be whimsical and imaginative and fun. Narrating the audiobook was easy. I've done a lot of voiceover work before. It's actually awesome to do VO stuff to stuff that you created because, like, I think it comes with just reading the book over and over again. I enjoy reading the book in front of people. So it's great to see young readers' reactions to the book, how they react to the sound effects. So I've pretty much read every quirky sound effect, an awkward moment, an embarrassing moment in the book out loud to audiences all over. So it it was really cool to be able to now put it on audio where if young readers can't make it to a reading or, you know, a book signing session, they now have the ability to maybe be guided through that world of imagination with, you know, the, the gent who wrote it. I think the thing I'm most happy with about the narration is the ability to enjoy it. I want everybody to enjoy the books as much as I do. And that involves, you know, getting into the characters. When you see certain trucks and certain fans and certain situations, you develop personalities for those situations and trucks and fans and the sound effects and all that. Like, I'm, I really enjoy the books and I'm into them. So I'm happy that I was able to kind of let loose and enjoy the reads. And I hope the readers out there or the people listening to the books feel the same way. <laughs> Who is a dream narrator? You know, I always like Jack Black's energy. I think he is so exciting and energetic. He would be perfect to narrate Elbow Grease and Elbow Grease versus Motozilla. I do enjoy the feeling of having a book in hand, but I think this experience has kind of changed my perspective on everything because it's fun to do the audio for the audiobook. So now I want to see like how other people do it. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to hopefully experience an audiobook. And I guess the next time we do this, I'll reevaluate the question and tell you what my favorite one is. And now listen to a clip from the audiobook. Every weekend, the four stars of the Demolition Derby gather in the center of the arena to start the show. I am also here, by the way. Some fans like Tank best because he was big and strong. Tank is the best! Go Tank! Tank is big and strong. Some fans like Flash best because he was fast and cool. Sometimes, Elbow Grease wished he was the best at something. He was afraid that no matter how hard he worked, he might never be as strong as Tank, as fast as Flash, as smart as Pinball, or as daring as Crash. But Bo, you're the best at getting better. Elbow Grease wasn't sure that was something a fan would paint on a sign. Elbow Grease is best at steady improvement! Couldn't I just be most handsome instead? This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, 
visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.